Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I am beyond excited to host today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday. Today, we are talking about understanding the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and we are honored today. Kevin and I are joined by Pastor Jason Britt and Mark Crossland to talk about this conflict. Mark is the founder and tour leader of Israel Spiritual Tours, and so welcome to the podcast, Mark and Pastor Jason. Thank you. It's great to be here today with you all. It's great to have you guys. Thanks for having me back, Angela and Kim. You guys are about to meet the guy who gave me all my secrets from Israel right here. Who this lit guy the fire? Was a joy. We've been, uh, we've been to waiting be with. for this. And so, Mark and I, uh, I'm glad to have him. In fact, when we talked about this, I didn't know he was going to be back in country. And so, I'm yeah. so glad to have Mark because. You were much more informed on this than we are and can help us out, man. Yeah. So Glad to be here and help out any way I can. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Yep. Well, the timing, yeah, like you said, Pastor Jason, the, the timing on this could not be better. Uh, just the fact that you're here to join us in person. Um, now, Jason, you and Nan joined us on the podcast yeah. uh, back in April yes. to talk about your trip to Israel yes. that you took uh, at the beginning of this year. It was around yeah, Easter. March. Um, and so you guys talked about that, and so we can um, uh, reference that a little bit. But um, but by now, we've all heard the news reports of the increasing devastation since that time uh, that's happening between these two groups. And even though we hear the stories, we, we, those of us that haven't been there, that haven't lived there, feel really out of touch and really far removed from what's going on. And it's really hard to know what the truth is. So... Um, so Jason, talk a little yeah. bit about that trip. What inspired you to go yeah. and and how you and Mark connected? Yeah, well, funny, Mark and I's history actually goes pre-trip that we didn't we didn't know each other well, but we were loosely connected mm-hmm. uh pre-trip. Um a couple of things. One, um, you know, I'd had a few chances to go to Israel, it just never worked out. This time it worked out. The group that I told you guys about that invites a group of pastors is a way they can kind of pour into pastors. And so I was, uh, in fact, they and the the kind of main uh, fundraiser or person who funds this ministry is actually surrounds our, his his property surrounds our Oconee campus. Oh, wow. He's Mr. Crenshaw. So I'd had a chance to huh. meet him and he really launched this ministry uh, that really does mission work all over the world. Yeah. Partners with great kingdom initiatives all over the world. Uh, philanthropy, a lot of business people. And then he, he's he got some families connected to the Oconee campus. I was one of the last pastors invited in, but I actually knew a lot of the guys just from mutual connections. We yeah. had a great time. Yeah. And and we spent 10 days and got to go everywhere, Nan and I, and those pastors and their wives. And Mark was our tour guide. But funny enough, Mark and I actually attended 12 Stone together wow. uh, back in the day. And we knew each other. Uh, he knew my friend Kevin Coyne better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my brother, Ryan, who was on the podcast with me yep. at 1122, yep. has done multiple trips. I did not realize it was with Mark. <laughs> and so we're on the Zoom call, <laughs> which is the pre-Zoom call to the Israel trip. Yeah. 
and Mark is talking. He goes, Jason, we know each other. And he's got a Jack McEntee's one of his best friends. Right. I knew Jack and his family. Yeah. So it was like a deep connections that we didn't know. Amazing. So we just hit it off. Yes. And I mean, he learned how much more godly and wise I am than my brother. <laughs> And Kevin yes. Queen, all these guys he knew. No, no, these guys are mutual friends. They love Mark. Yeah. And we just had a great time. Uh, the thing I would say, we're going to let Mark tell a little bit of his story, sure. but the thing that I would say that's super helpful is that I want to have a voice that's not Fox News, mm. that's not uh, the MAGA group, the Amen. Make America Great Again group, <laughs> that's not the CNN, yep. not left, not right. Yes, uh, We have all of those representatives very loud on our news feed, nor yes. do I want the people who read into Revelation what they want to read into Revelation speaking to what's actually happening on the ground. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of freedoms we have in America that people will kind of jump and take these loopholes and and this is that and the other. And I just go, wait a second, man. And so that's mm. really, uh, it, it's important what's happening, no doubt. It's tragic, but there's deep roots to it. Yeah. And there's a biblical understanding I want to invite us as Jesus followers into. Yes. And that's why when I found Mark was in town, obviously he was there when it all began. And so he'll kind of get us caught up. But that's a little bit of the context why I was like, man, I just said, let me text Mark when we talked about doing this. Yes. And he was here. I'm like, bring him in. Love it. Because he will be able to speak to this in a way I can't. Yeah. Well, okay, Mark. So tell us a little bit about your connection to Israel, Mm -hmm. a little bit about your background and history. And sure. Yeah. So uh, it goes way back. Mm -hmm. It goes way back. So I actually was... um, Grew up from the time I was 14 till the time I was 17. I lived in Israel. I lived actually in Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives. Wow. My father was a, a minister of a church there as a missionary. And, uh, and so we, we lived among the Muslim and Christian Arab population, which is located on the, on, in the, in the uh, west side, or excuse me, the east side of Jerusalem. Uh, and then I went to school on the Jewish side of town, which was West Jerusalem. Hmm. So I got to know both cultures, uh, got to love both cultures. And that's the key that keeps me kind of grounded where uh, I, I don't go fly off in one direction or the other because I got to know the real people on both sides of the fence. Yeah. And that's kind of where it all kind of started for me. Then once I, I uh, graduated from high school, came back here to the States, and, and then at, in 2009, after uh, as a, a tragic time of my life, God led me right back into, uh, into, uh, it, back to Israel again. And I've been, I live there almost eight months out of the year. Wow. And you yeah. live in? And I live in Jericho. In Jericho. I wow. live in Jericho in the West Bank. Mm-hmm. And it's 99% Muslim community. And absolutely love it there. Yeah. Have never had my my life ever threatened. I've only been treated with love, respect, honor, and uh, I have friends over there. I'm I'm on the phone with every day hmm. uh, in the West Bank and also in uh, in West Jerusalem because I have friends on both sides. Amazing! Wow. Okay, so for those of our listeners that are maybe new to the faith or aren't familiar with the biblical account, Mm -hmm. give us a little bit of historical context of what we're talking about here. So uh, it it all actually started, and that's the the key, is it all started back in uh, in 3,800 years ago. Mm. So you have to look at Abraham, you have to look at Sarah, 
And that's where it all began. Yeah. And there's a lesson in there for all of us. Uh, so Abraham, you know, God says to Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And, and the, the key is in Genesis 15, he says, I'm going to bless you and through you, all nations mm. will be blessed. Yeah. And uh, he goes, how's that going to happen? I have no children. I have no son. I have no heir. And, uh, and he, God just basically says, I'm going to take care of it. Don't worry about it. Right. Well, you know, time passes. And as probably none of us in this room here will <laughs> no, do, never. we never take God's plan and, and then we, we take it and run with it on our own <laughs> and not wait on him. Yeah. This is the same thing with Abraham and Sarah. Right. Sarah, especially, she was like, well, she's not a spring chicken. Anymore. She's not a spring she's chicken. She's like 90 anymore. years yeah. old. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, there's no way. So here's the deal Abraham, God's not, God's forgotten us or something. Something's happened here. So she says, here, here is my handmaiden or my, my servant, Hagar, Hagar. Yep. an Egyptian woman. Yep. And you take her as your wife. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you uh, and she will give you offspring, right. which she did. And so Abraham's firstborn son was actually Ishmael. Yes. Yeah. Not second, but the firstborn son was Ishmael. Right. And he's now a teenager. And when he's a teenager, all of a sudden, Sarah gets pregnant hmm. with Isaac. Like God said she would. Like God said. <laughs> and all of a sudden, uh, through a tumultuous relationship between Sarah and Hagar, yeah, they uh, it everything just went abandoned and awry. Mm. Abraham still being a man of God, and still loving, uh, still having a, a love for Ishmael, mm -hmm. looked at and when God says, "Look, Isaac is your offspring. Isaac is now going to really be the chosen one, mm -hmm. and through his offspring, as we know, yep. the Messiah is going to come." Right? right, and so when Jesus is going to come through that lineage. But don't worry about it. I believe it's Genesis 17. It says, I'm going to take good care of Ishmael. Mm -hmm. He's going to have seven provinces or seven kingdoms, uh, seven princes, uh, princes that are going to come out of him. And uh, so his offspring will be blessed. Well, if you look at who his offspring is, which is the Arab nation, they control a lot of the oil for the world. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So even to this day, wow. God has blessed the Ishmaelites mm -hmm. and and the Middle Eastern countries through Ishmael. But Isaac was the chosen son uh, for salvation for us as yes. we sit around here today. And that's, that's the key. And ultimately, we're looking at two brothers that never got along, right? That's exactly what it is. is they've never... They didn't get along then. Mm -hmm. uh, Ishmael chided and made fun of, uh, of of Isaac, which made Sarah mad and eventually got him banished from the family. Yep. And so because of all that, uh, these boys have never gotten along. Mm -hmm. uh, and they have been enemies from the get-go. You can even read about, I know this is really going way off, but you can read about the Babylonian exile and them coming back. Hmm. The Arab population, which are the Ishmaelites, yeah. are the ones that are giving the Jews a hard time of rebuilding with Nehemiah. Mm -hmm. So you get all that. Wow. So, so they've been around this whole time, and they have been, uh, they, they have really uh, maintained a huge presence in the Middle Eastern country since, since uh, Ishmael. Mm. Amazing. Yep. Talk about where we are kind of post-biblical history. Okay. Um, starting around maybe post-World War I, yeah, II. So 
So, I mean, it, it goes all the way back. So I'm going to actually go back a little even further. Yep. Okay. okay. So because everyone wants to know Palestine, yeah. why are these people called Palestinians? Right. And so what you have to look at is you have to look back at the time of Christ. And Christ said the city of Jerusalem is going to be destroyed and not one stone of the temple will be left upon another. Yeah. And Jason and I actually had that opportunity to see those stones that you can that were excavated out and they're still laying there on the ground today from when the Roman soldiers completely uh, destroyed the temple. Mm. By the way, I want to go off just a little bit and yeah. say, you guys are so blessed to have uh, Jason and Nan because uh, you, you get to spend a lot of time with people and you get to see married folks in real life. And, yes. and you know, being, being in a foreign country, the stresses can come up. Uh, 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 these people are one. They're, they're a couple of one. They're mm. in love. They respect each other. They're kind to each other. And so... The guy, uh, you know, the the guy and, and the gal that Jason and Nan are are the same as on the stage as off the stage, and that's oh, what yes. I appreciate about them. We believe it <laughs> so much. So you all are very fortunate. You have a genuine pastor here for sure. And awesome. Thank you. Um, so when Jesus saw this, and and he, um, uh, he the stones are laying down there. Uh, he talks about the destruction yeah. that takes place in seventy A.D. There's a couple of revolts that take place. We know there's the revolt in 70 AD. Then there's another revolt in around 128, 132 AD of the Bar Kokhba revolt. Yep. At that point in time, uh, Hadrian is just completely upset mm -hmm. because these pesky Jews are just causing nothing but problems for the Roman Empire. Right. <laughs> and so he, when he just when the city is destroyed and he actually levels not only the temple, but he builds a temple. Uh, to a Gentile God right there on the Temple Mount. Wow. He renames the city of Jerusalem, Elio Capitolina. Mm -hmm. And then from there, he renames the country of Israel and he names that Syria Palestine. Okay. And the reason why he called it Palestine is because he is using the nemesis of Israel, the Philistines. Mm. Oh. So what you have is he's renamed basically the country of Israel on behalf of the Philistine population who were always a thorn in the side mm. of the Jews during the Old Testament period. Right. So that's so so the point really here is this roughly about 1800 years or so Israel was Jewish dominated from the time you you look at the time of Joshua in the in the the 1400s right. all the way to the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. Yeah. This is Primarily, besides Roman rule, primarily it's Israel and it's under the control of the Jews. Yeah, and even under Roman rule, it was vastly Jewish population. It was still a vast Jewish population, and it was run by the chief priests. Yes. Yeah. So it was still politically motivated. Jordan may have collected taxes, but as far as the political yeah. power and those that made sure everyone stayed in line, it was the Pharisees and Sadducees of the priestly tribe. So all that really took place was going on there. And then he decided after that last revolt, he said, you know what? Here's the deal. I'm, I'm wiping it off the face of the earth. I want to take away the memory of the Jews. Mm -hmm. I'm yep. expelling them from the land. They weren't allowed to live there. Hmm. So the Jews were expelled. He renamed the place. And all of a sudden now for since, you know, uh, for almost 2000 years, yeah. it has been called Palestine. Hmm. So the people that say I'm Palestinian, their ancestors go all the way back okay. to that 132 AD time period when it was renamed. 
That is really helpful. That, Super helpful. Yeah, because the history and and that is so important to understand the context of where we are today. Which then brings us up to post World War II. Which right. brings us up to World War One. Well, excuse me. Yeah. One. So you have the Ottoman Empire, mm-hmm. who uh, the Turkish Empire that is over at that time, uh, in in nineteen fourteen era mm-hmm. uh, through nineteen eighteen, the British come in and yep. they conquer the Ottoman Empire. Mm. That now becomes the British mandate. So Britain is now, from that period of time all the way to 1948, yep. uh, Britain is now in charge of it. Oh, wow. They still retained the name Palestine. It was not called Israel. It was called Palestine even all the way up to 1948, which is very important to know. Right. So once 1945 hits, and I think this is key and it really dawned on me more when I was at the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. You know, a little light bulb went off in my brain. Mm-hmm. And um, because and what I'm going to say is a little harsh, but at the same time, it's, it's a fact and it's true. Yeah. Um, what happened is during the time of Hitler, uh, he, as we know, exterminated six million Jews. Those that survived were in concentration camps. Some were in hiding But by and large, when the war was over, they went back to their homes. And when they got to their homes, a German or a local person was now occupying their home and they had full rights to it. The Jews no longer had a place to live. They had no home. They were expelled. Then at the same time, uh, they went to their homes and they had been burned down or destroyed. Mm. So they had no property. They had no home. So there was this huge cry. And the League of Nations, along with, uh, with Britain, uh, and pressure from the world, including the United States, was that Israel should be given their own homeland. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a war to take place in you know, 1947, 1948, where they had to battle to, to get the, the land, but they did. And it was blessed by the world. And, and so uh, that's how it all took place. And the United Nations was behind that and Israel yeah. was put into the United Nations at that point in time. Yeah. So that took place. And so they had a portion of the land. Uh, 1967 mm-hmm. was the Six Day War. And that is when um, that is when the West Bank was taken over and what we know today is the Gaza Strip and also the Sinai Peninsula was also added to the territory of Israel, pretty much making it what it was during the time of Solomon. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So uh, Solomon, you know, era. era. So yeah. not all of it, because it's still some left in Jordan, but pretty much it was the Solomonic kingdom that okay. took place. Then in 1973, after I, uh, in, there, was the, there, there was the Yom Kippur War, where Egyptians and countries surrounding tried to invade uh, Israel on their holiday, kind of like what we just yes. saw recently. Right. Uh, that was put down, and that pretty well solidified as Israel is now going to be a solid state in there here in this country. So that's kind of mm. gives you kind of a nuts and bolts uh, background, yeah, on the country itself. That's really good. And I know, I think the tendency in our tribal mindset, we want to pick a side. We mm. want to say, you know, this one's bad, this one's good. But I, I think what you you've done is just really laid a really good foundation to. This is very complicated. Super complicated. Goes yes. back a long Talking time. About people's lives, yes. generations, histories. Yes. Yes. Of of di- disenfranchised. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then 
historical roots, biblical roots, but both sides. Right. Right. There's just a lot of yeah. lot of uh, deep tensions. And I, yeah. And again, my hope is when we're done here, you won't know if I've picked a side or not because the fact of the matter, I haven't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have picked a side, but it's not what you think. Right. Right. And right. we'll talk about that. But but the, the thing is, it really, really is important, is they both have ideas of why they both deserve the land. Mm-hmm. You know, the Jews are looking back at Abraham and said, God bless us with this land. We deserve it. And the Palestinians who had it actually longer than they did mm. say, well, no, we've had the long land longer than you. We deserve it. Wow. And so when you hear... Um, uh, statements like from the river to the sea, let Palestine be free, or they're talking from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, which encompasses the entire breadth uh, and width of of Israel. Israel, And so that's kind of where that whole statement comes in. So when you hear those statements, you get a, you have an understanding of what they're, they're saying because the, and, and they're not talking about letting Jews live here. It basically means let's expel the Jews again. I got you. Uh, like they were done back in 132. Yeah. Hmm. So what has led us to that? That's a long history. Ta- take us to what just happened on October 7th. Because you were on the ground. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was uh, actually in, uh, I was in a, a board meeting at that time in Jericho. Wow. And we were in the middle of a board meeting uh, because I'm always safety conscious of our, the, the, the spiritual um, journey tours that we do. Um, I, I always, I have an app on my phone, which goes onto my watch. And so anytime a rocket should go off out of Gaza Strip, mm. uh, immediately it, I'm notified. So I know live when something's happening, wow. whether I'm here, there, it doesn't matter where I am in the world. I know what's going on. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, my, immediately my watch started pinging. I'm looking down and I say, hey, everybody, something's going on in the Gaza Strip. Mm. Now, from where I am, I'm in Jericho. Gaza Strip is like 78 miles away. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at the map. I'm glad because that was my uh, next question. I'm looking at the map. Post this map would yeah. be helpful to so, us. Yeah, feel free to post it. And so, what it essentially, so I'm sitting there. I would have no idea war was going on wow. because I'm 76 miles away. I mean, it's like being from here, Bethlehem. Making to, make into, uh, make make into, into Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Yeah, yeah. making to Bethlehem. 75 miles, yes. Exactly. Yeah. So so if if a, a bomb went off in Macon, we would be sitting here and have no idea right. what was going right. on. Right. It's the same there. And so things were happening. And so all of a sudden we're, like I said, we interrupt the board meeting. We're looking, we pull up the local news, not not the, the news from over here, but over there. And we're seeing, okay, things like uh, paragliders are flying out of the Gaza Strip. And what you have to understand about the Gaza Strip is it's 25 miles long. It's about seven miles at the widest mm. uh, uh, across. So it's not a big area, yeah. but it's walled. And how I would uh, put Gaza, it is a refugee camp that looks more like a prison <laughs> with large buildings on the end because it's walled all the way around. People cannot go or come. And so the only way they were able to escape was essentially to paraglide outside outside the walls, which they had never done before. And then they caused this huge pre-planned uh, catastrophe that we are, are seeing and watching. Hmm. Wow. And so give us a little context of ISIS and Hamas. I think that's one thing that we talked about because, uh, you know, we Palestinian Hamas, just the difference between Palestinian people, Hamas, uh, the similarities we would know in America would be as Hamas like ISIS, mm-hmm. you know, but maybe start with a little bit of the Hamas in Palestine and, and that that okay. understanding just so people get 
because a lot of times we could, uh, how would I say, our media lumps, I yeah. shouldn't say our media, yeah. but we lump Palestine and Hamas the together. same thing. Yeah, yeah, and you can't do that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, to kind of give you a better idea, you have to understand, number one, a, a Palestinian is not just Muslim, he, it's also Christian. Mm-hmm. Palestinian is Arab. Yeah. And when you're dealing with Arabs, you're dealing with Arab Christians, yes. yep. you're dealing with Arab uh, Muslims, yep. and you're dealing with the majority of them just being very peaceful people that just like us, want to live their lives, make a living, educate their children, and live in peace. That is the majority of all Palestinian people, Mm -hmm. um, whether you're Muslim or Christian. They're not out there to to hurt anyone. But then you've got the extreme factions, just like we have, um, even in our country, and again, I'm not a political guy, but we have the extreme left, we have the extreme right. And that's what you see on the news. Well, what you see over there is, is that you get to see the extremists, hmm. and they're the ones that are uh, the ones that are causing the issue. The second thing, as far as Hamas and ISIS, they are two separate organizations. Mm-hmm. I know people like to lump them together. Yes, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, ISIS, just to kind of give you a better idea, ISIS is in belief of a caliphate. In other words, they want to take over the world. Oh. Okay. So ISIS is worldwide. Their, their objective is for the United States and England and everywhere else to uh, have as many Muslims populated in the countries so that they can eventually take over the political systems and then therefore yep. take over the world, yeah. okay? That's ISIS's belief, and they're worldwide. Uh, Hamas is localized in Palestine but they're right. They're only localized into the Gaza Strip. Again, mm-hmm. that twenty-five mile by seven mile strip of land that borders Egypt to the very bottom southwest of Israel. So, when you think in terms of that, that's where their power base is. Then you've got the West Bank, okay, and the West Bank is Palestinian Authority. Hamas and Palestinian Authority are nemesis. Hmm. They are not on the same page. Yeah. Hamas is extreme and and Palestinian Authority are more moderate. Right. And so you look at the Palestinian Authority, they're pretty much a very moderate group. Um, and that's kind of why I was in the West Bank sitting and and had no clue what was going on. There were no nothing going on outside of me. We would go to the restaurant, we would go walk around town. And we had no issues within the West Bank where bombing is going off uh, just 75 miles away from us. The other thing I think needs to be understood is, uh, is how did the Gaza Strip begin? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason why I bring that into play is because, it, it, again, as the Jews were displaced from their homes, and mm-hmm. it comes back to who's king of the hill. That's what wow. we have to understand. <laughs> Anytime there's a political power, right, wrong, or indifferent, yeah. Whoever is the one that's got the biggest guns are the ones that are going to rule, okay? Yeah. So as the Jews were displaced from their homes and then they came to Israel, in the 1947-1948 era, there were a lot of Palestinians that lived, Arab Palestinians that lived in the Joppa, Tel Aviv area. And they were told the war is going to get bad. You might want to take your families and go south to Gaza. Hmm. and set up camp there for a short period of time. And then once the war is over, it won't take that long. You can come back to your homes. And that's what they were told. So I have friends that were in the Gaza Strip and um, and they became refugees there for a short period of time. When the war went over, they started going back to their homes, 
have a friend of mine, he had his, his family had orange groves. Jaffa oranges are the best oranges in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, very sweet. And they had all these orange groves. They had a beautiful home, uh, almost plantation style for that era. And somebody was living in it and took it as the eminent domain while they were wow. as refugees. So that kind of explains the, the anger is the fact that almost all these people over the last um, 70 some years, um, they're angry about the fact that they had territory and businesses and property that they were that was taken from them. They were now relegated to this 25 by seven mile wow. piece of land. That kind of explains the, the anger. Uh, it doesn't justify terrorism. The, 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 what we have seen on right. the news and what we've heard on the news. Sure. But what it does do is at least it explains the anger. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same thing with people in the West Bank. They had homes all throughout Israel, but they end up in the there. There are four uh, refugee camps in Jericho. There are even more further north. So people basically scattered and built homes in the '67 war. Same thing happened. They went back and their their land was confiscated. Mm. So that kind of explains the anger between yeah. the Palestinians and why they're angry about Israel because they feel like they had property that they owned was in their family for generations, generations no no longer theirs. Now, yeah. to go back to Hamas and the Gaza Strip. I've been talking with some of my friends and what they're saying is the people on the ground in in the Gaza Strip do not support Hamas. Mm -hmm. But Hamas has the guns. They don't have the power. They do not have the power. And there's no free elections. There is no free. Their last election was in 2006. And I can tell you that everyone in in, in the Gaza Strip says, how could they have won? Because nobody nobody has voted for Hamas, so how did Hamas win the election, right? And so that kind of took place. And so even they've sent people in to the streets in Gaza and said, do you support Hamas? And their answer is, we want them out of here. Hmm. But they've told us if we don't support us, they're not going to just kill me. They're going to kill my family. Right. So it is, it, again, it comes down to who has the, the, the might and, and, you know, are, are the ones that are in control. Mm. And wow. So, so have you seen, we talked a little bit about this before, um, we started recording, but have you seen this level of conflict before? No. Um, I showed up on the scene, uh, about three, four years after the six day war. Wow. And so I got to see what it was like then, but it still was not, um, not what we're looking at today. Mm-hmm. Uh, been there since 2009, spent a lot of time in Israel since 2009. Mm. And um, I've seen Gaza Strip shoot shoot rockets, as we've seen uh, probably on the news. But it was like five days later, it's fizzled out and life is back to normal again mm-hmm. uh, because they ran out of weaponry. This was a different type this of This was a though. pre-planned attack yeah. that was financed by another country. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and executed. Yep. Right, right. Okay, so take, going off script a little bit, talk, speak to some of the fear that people are dealing with. And when, when we hear that, when we hear that news, oh, it's the, the tensions are rising, this level of conflict, we've never seen it before. Um, as Christians, should we, I, we, we shouldn't be afraid, 
but talk about just just maybe some of the fear that people are dealing with when we hear news like that. So, I mean, there's there, are you talking in the, here in the states or yes. over there? Yes. In, in the states, it just is uh, you know people are very fearful as far as what's going to happen because there's of more of this of this yes. because mm-hmm. they're seeing more demonstrations in the streets here in this country. Yeah. than they're going on over there. Mm. Yes, mm-hmm. I think it's important to say too. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. and so the, the the key is, so that creates fear in people because they're like, hey, wait, um, you know, we've been, we've been watching the news over the past few years and we've been seeing these groups coming in and out and this is, you know, the, these uh, minority, when I say minority, I'm talking about small groups of people are really having a large vocal stance, politically speaking. And and they're very outspoken, and so so there's fear here in the United States in the fact that, hey, wait, people are protesting against not only our country, but they're uh, they're protesting against, uh, 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 especially if you're Christian, you have a, a more of an affinity toward the Jewish nation because of uh, the Jewish Messiah. Right. So you're kind of tenuous on what is going on in this world. It's very it's it's unsettling. Yes. Right. So that would be here. Over there, um, I had, during this whole period of time while I'm on the ground, I was there in Jericho, and then I eventually went to Jordan, and I was there for 11 days before coming home. And whether it be the Jordanians, whether it be the, uh, the, the Palestinians, the Muslims, they are fearful. Mm-hmm. I had a young Muslim woman uh, uh, that I was having a conversation with, and she goes, we're terrified. Hmm. We don't know what's going to happen to us. Uh, so I mean, so you have this. There's fear going on, and then I have a, a dear friend that runs a, a school in in uh, that's a messianic school in Jerusalem. Yeah, and I've been on the phone with her as well. Explain um, for our listeners what that is. What's uh, so a messianic means? It's a Jesus believing Jew. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, so it's it, it's Jews that have accepted. Uh, Jesus says they're Messiah. They have maintained their Judaism. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still are ethnically Jew. Yep. Right. They still follow some of the traditions like Shabbat and things like that. But right. they, but they worship the Messiah. And that when you they go to congregation instead of going to a normal Jewish synagogue, they go to a Messianic congregation where they sing and praise God. And they're just like it's almost like one of our churches. Yeah. yeah. Very, you know, cool. instruments and singing and and um, in oh, Hebrew, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's a beautiful thing. But yeah. they incorporate some of the Jewish traditions in with it. That's great. And would you? Uh, I think it's also important. I think one of the things, just this is like Jew Israel as a whole, seventy percent agnostic, atheist, or, or non-believing, thirty percent. But like there is, it's there's a lot of. Uh, I remember telling that to people when I got back. Is is there's a lot of wow, I thought there'd be more, but the reality, some of this history you're giving right. gives a lot of why there's atheism, why there's, you know, speak to that in just a yeah. second. So, yes, I mean, Israel, is, like I said, it's complicated. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and, and the thing you have to understand is when people have gone through a Holocaust and so, six million of their people, and that's many a Many of their grandparents, great-grandparents. Yeah. Absolutely. And and they they, like we would say, would be where's God? Mm-hmm. So big. Mm-hmm. Where's God? Why didn't God step in and stop the extermination of six million of our people? So maybe there's not a God because he didn't. Either it's mm-hmm. a God or he doesn't care about us anymore. 
And so that's what you have. So you have a lot of apathy. Uh, so yeah. as you said, uh, it's actually 20% of the population, 20 to 30% are atheists. Mm, okay. The rest, are the uh, and all the rest except for 30% are agnostic. Okay. Hmm. So you have 70% of the population that are agnostic slash atheist. Wow. So you're right on that. 30% are practicing Jews. Mm. Now, what you have to understand when it means practicing Jews, it means they go through the ritual and the practice. It doesn't mean they have a relationship with God. Right. right. It just means they go through the routine. And you would say in your time there from talking, though, there is a great movement of Jesus that's beginning to happen around, um, amongst the Jewish people. A absolutely. In yes. fact, uh, in fact, uh, Romans 11 pops in my mind constantly when it says, until the fullness of the Gentiles have come into the kingdom, the veil of the Jews' eyes will then be lifted. And so what we're seeing now is a lifting. Mm -hmm. We're not even close. So don't, you know, so, you know, so people that are trying to make this into a revelation, uh, a revelation and a rapture moment right now. You're, yeah, you're that's kind of, important. Yeah, you're what you're, it's not, I don't see it happening in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I see that coming down the road. I could be wrong, but as we know, only God knows. That's right. Not even Jesus knows the time when he's going to return. You're saying the, in your lifetime, the awakening completely of the Jews. Right. Yeah. And so what we're seeing now is when I was a boy living in Israel, yes. I can only think of about three to four uh, Messianic or Jesus-believing Jewish congregations. Mm. There's 125 registered right now with the government, and there's another, they believe, be another 125 to 30 that are underground mm. uh, for persecution reasons. And so you've got now probably somewhere in the area of, a, you know, of about 250 plus churches, uh, Messianic or Jesus-believing Jewish churches yep. in in Israel right now. That's less 50 years. Yes, wow. yeah. in less 50 years. Yeah. So that, that leads us then where, as Christians, mm -hmm. help us to, from where you sit and from your experience and from the things that you're leading, things that you're seeing, where do we stand? Where should we stand? What's our biblical mandate? Because there are a lot of people trying to make this something that that it maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Who knows? Can you help us walk through that? We have a lot of people asking sure. questions yeah. that way. And I try to really set this stage every time before we have a tour over there because that's the number one that's question true. is, who do you stand with? Mm. And my answer is very simple. I stand with Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I stand with Christ. And again, it goes back to Romans 11. Jesus, God, they want all to come into the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. And because they want all to come in the kingdom, as we saw when Jesus had his ministry here, you know, uh, name who the two, you know, the first two missionaries were. They were Gentiles. Mm -hmm. You know, you had the demonic man that we saw up at the Sea of Galilee area. We had the woman at the well in Samaria. These were two, there was a female and a male, one out of his mind and the other, uh, uh, an impure woman that had multiple affairs and marriages. And yet that's who Jesus said, I want you to be my missionaries and take the word out to mm. the Gentile nation. So even before Jesus died, he was already getting the word out to the Gentiles. Yeah. And I think that's very important to know. And if it's important to Jesus, then it should be important to us. Yeah. Right. So, and again, I'm not talking politically here. I'm talking spiritually. Yep. Yes. And I stand on the side of Jesus, not against one, not against the other. I stand at wanting both, and I and I have seen both Jews and Muslims and Christian Arabs that are nominal, meaning they are Greek Orthodox, come into the kingdom 
mm-hmm. and and be strong believers into the kingdom. And that's what the joy of my heart is. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's great. So the mandate then is to continue to expand God's kingdom. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Talking about Jesus and spreading the word. And Being in his will. Practical action steps. Talk about that. Like, okay, here we are. Say, here, here's some things just in your life that you can, uh, we can do to help. Practical action steps. Again, not just to, I find you know, and I say this for me, because our media is so corrupt mm-hmm. and so much clickbait. That's every all of them news, but you all the ones you listen to Bethlehem Church, every one of them are fueled by uh, money and clicks, and right. so you yeah. can't trust any of them, none of them to a T. You heard it from your pastor here. Yeah. So I say all that to say <laughs> to get that out because what happens is we become numb mm-hmm. to bad news, right? And we will tune it out. Right. Most people want to live with their life with their head in the sand because they can't do anything about it. That's correct. Right. And that's yeah. not biblical reality no. because we're part of a global kingdom, a global community. So some practical things from here where we are, what would you say in this? So the uh, I go back to the words of Jesus, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is probably the greatest struggle we have, and that is um, we need prayers, we need support. Over in the Middle East, that 1040 window mm-hmm. is very, very, I mean, there are Iran, and, you know, and it's kind of disconcerting because good, well-meaning Christians have said in my presence, uh, you, you know, we just need to go over there and bomb all those Muslims to pieces and, and just be out of there. And I go, do you want to kill your brothers and sisters in Christ? Right. Do you right. not know that in the underground church in Iran right now, uh, they are growing by leaps and bounds. Wow. Iraq, the same way. Mm. You look at uh, Jordan. You look at uh, you know. You look at the West Bank. People are coming to the Lord in magnificent in dreams and visions. That's encouraging. So encouraging. And and so for us, I mean, uh, we are which just, is prophecy. Which yep. is prophecy. Hundred yep. percent. Which is prophecy. And so so for us, it is. We need prayers. We need financial support. And I'm not talking about when I say we. I'm talking about those that are out working in the kingdom to, that are the hands and feet there on the ground need financial support so they can continue the work. And then also we need you all to come over on mission trips Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, you know, uh, we host mission trips all the time Yeah, and we need people on the ground because we've had more people that have been baptized mm. by a mission group just loving on them mm. and saying, you know, we, we had an instance that that uh, they they asked, where are you going today? We're going to the Jordan River. We're going to be baptized in the Jordan River where Jesus was. And they were like, wow, I'd love to be baptized too. Wow. So, you know, these are people that have just spent a week with, with, with uh, what I call Jesus following uh, Christians. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference, you know, and, and I'll, I'll say this real quick. When I was over there, uh, the first one of the first visits, I was asked, are you a Christian? And initially I said, yes. And then I realized, wait, wait, wait. they said, well, you know, I was asked this question by a Muslim of all things. Do I have to low, if I was to become a Christian, <laughs> would I have to lower my morals? Mm. And I go, what are you talking about? Oh, we watch your movies all the time. Wow. You guys got the crosses on Christian your neck. Christian America. You're, you're wow. asleep, you're sleeping around. And we see we're, we're watching reality TV because we get it. And and uh, and I so I stopped being a Christian. In fact, I actually left Christianity 
uh, back in 2009, I became a follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so now when people say, are you Christian? I say, no, I actually am not. I'm a follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then it's mm -hmm. a conversation starter. Yeah. yeah. Because now I can talk about what it's like to be a follower versus a label. Yeah. And, and I do think it's important. So much of the world, especially in that part of the world, Christian and America are two are are simultaneous. They're the same yes. in their mind. They look at eighty percent of, of of America are Christians, mm. and if you all do what we see on TV, mm -hmm. wow, you guys are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you all immoral people, you know. Yeah. So, well, Mark, I love what you said about um, you're such a great person to talk about this and give us this encouragement. Go on mission trips because at a time in your life when you could be retired. Mm -hmm. You could, you're, you're choosing to live on mission. Mm -hmm. um, so just uh, talk a little bit about that and just that, that passion that you have to live on mission, even in retirement. So, so you know, God takes you where you don't plan to go. Mm -hmm. And as long as you just say yes, and that's what I decided to do, yeah. uh, God has just radically changed my life to the good when I had another agenda going. Mm. So I'm not going to, so I can't take credit for any of this except <laughs> I said yes. We never can. So, you know, so what, what essentially happened uh, for me was uh, I was fully planning to re early retire at, nine, uh, at the age of 58. Mm -hmm. Financially would be set. Uh, my wife and I were going to travel the world and, because that's what we love to do. We love to travel. Yeah. And so we were going to go hit as many countries as we could. And that was our plan. Um, unfortunately, she was given the cancer diagnosis, and after four years, she passed away. Mm -hmm. So that left a gaping hole in me because all of a sudden, well, I didn't want to travel alone. Yeah, and I certainly had a hard time thinking of you know uh, of anything but and anyone but her. And so what happened was, we were I was like, okay, God, so what do you have next? And so He led me back to Israel. Uh, it just was, really doing some business dealings, right? Doing I some was coaching. doing a business deal. I was wow. not doing. I was not going there for religious purposes. I was going there strictly to help a man out mm. that needed to start a school, which eventually became Seeds of Hope, or yeah. what was Seeds of Hope, just to help him as a business person, help another business person. There was no Christianity involved. There was no. It was just helping. Mm -hmm. And then when I got there, and I spent three weeks there because I had a big plenty of vacation time. I spent three weeks in Jericho helping them with this organization. And I got on the plane coming home and I cried like a baby. <laughs> and I said, I can't go home because my home's back here in oh, Jericho. Wow. And wow. so that set the trajectory. And, um, and that's kind of how it all began. And now I spend eight months out of the year there. And, and when I come back here, I still say I'm going back home, but mm -hmm. I'm talking about Jericho when I talk yeah. about home. Amazing. Yes. So, okay. So talk about a little bit about the future. So, uh, I guess your future, you know, you sound like you're, you're, you're headed back home, yes. um, in, in a little bit, but what about for us as a nation, the world talk a little bit about that? You know, my prayer for the world is that we're going to start looking at things from a different perspective, uh, instead of, accumulation mm -hmm. instead of um, uh, being self-focused and selfie photo focused we start looking beyond ourselves yeah. and my hope is that and, and sometimes I think you know tragedy can be a horrible thing and it can be an awesome thing at uh -huh. the same time mm -hmm. uh, for me in my life if I didn't have the tragedy that hit me I would not be where I am today in in God's will where I'm supposed to be right so 
bad can happen. Yeah. And then out of it can come even enormous, greater enormous good. Mm. So my That's hope good. is it's gonna be a wake up call to us here in the United States that we're gonna say, you know what? I need to start focusing on my spiritual life and less on my physical and personal life. Mm. With the fentanyl coming across and, and our, the deaths of our, our, of our youth, uh, the self-absorption, yeah. which increases yes. by heightened anxiety, depression, Hi exactly. You know, all yeah. that the stuff suicide just... rates shooting right. up. Yes, it means anytime you're focused on self and me, 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 it's destructive. Yep. Yeah. But once you get out of yourself and you wake up every day and you say, "Who can I serve?" Mm -hmm. Then it makes it. Then your whole life different. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the two things that has helped me in my life in my prayer life is. Every morning, I do not get out of my bed after my prayer time until I say two things. Number one is, Father, lead me who you want me to serve today or lead them to me. Hmm. And then the second thing, which came out of a, an archaeology dig, because I do archaeology digs uh, in the summer. I This last summer, I was in Shiloh, and I was digging where Samuel had his vision or his time with the Lord in the temple. And he said this, the very simple word, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Mm -hmm. And is radically uh, uh, touched my life. And then I, my second thing I say is every morning is speak, Lord, your servant's listening. And I just go into quiet time and unclutter my brain. And I let the Lord speak to me. And it's amazing on who he has told me during that time, who to call that's in need that I had no clue. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So you just, or he leads me on, what he wants me to do mm. that day or that week or whatever. So it, to me, it's just, it is radically spiritually. So that's why I'm happy all the time. Cause how can you not be happy when, <laughs> even when, even when every tour you've got for the rest of the year is canceled, <laughs> yeah. you know what? God's in control and I'm alive I and I'm serving that. him every day right here. I'm right. serving him. Yeah. So, you know, so to me, it's, it's, life is good even when there's bad all around. You. Yeah. 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 You definitely, definitely an encouragement. And I just want to say, um, as a, as a church member and as a staff member of Bethlehem Church, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, because you are making a tremendous difference, yeah. a tremendous impact. And our pastor, Jason, who has this unbelievable passion and fire in him for Jesus Christ, when he came back from Israel, it just, you poured so much fuel on that, or yeah. God used you <laughs> to pour so much fuel on that. It's it's just unbelievable um, what God has done and is doing in and through Pastor Jason um, and his preaching and his communication and just um, his his love for the kingdom yeah. as a result of being with you, spending yeah. time with you right. in, in Israel. So we say thank you. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, it's all God. But by the way, just because I may travel a lot, and I do, I do watch you all online. So, um, so I do get a chance yeah. to, to to keep tabs because and I've he'll got, tell me when I can I give him a text and go, "Hey man, I want to make sure I got this straight." Yeah, I'm he going does. back through my old, old, um, old notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he'll go, "Yeah," and he'll he, he right when I got back and did the Gethsemane thing that yeah. so many people were. Yeah. Mark texted me that night, going, "A plus, pal." Oh, that's right. gotta feel good. Yeah. I was like, "Okay, I got a guy who knows <laughs> in and out." I I wasn't doing a little Jason Britt making it work. It was actually sometimes I go, I made that work. That really no, it, it was awesome. And yeah. then we even when we talked. We were just in conversation. And by the way, you know, you know, uh, Jason was one of the the first to contact me while I was over there when the war broke out. Wow. And I'm, I'm sitting in my little, you know apartment in Jericho. It's like 2 a.m., right? You were about yeah. to get on a Zoom call. I didn't, like I said, I was trying to text him. Yeah. And then he called me right back. I was yeah. eating Mexican food, Destin, and he calls me right back. And, uh, 
And I was like, man, he's like, well, I'm waiting on a Zoom call because yeah. you had a group about to cancel, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, we were like trying to take care of, you know, of our people, wanted to make sure they stayed out of harm's way. And so it was uh, it was amazing. But then we got, started talking about Capernaum. And so it was, <laughs> you know, and it was kind of crazy. So and then I listened to it and I go, hey, it, he did good. Awesome. Yeah. But, awesome. But First church growth project, Peter's house. That's He's right. the one that That's took right. me there. That's right. Oh, wow. That's right. So when everybody said, hey, man, we're just doing what the early church did. We're just yeah. expanding walls, yeah. man. That's he right. He had the pictures to, to show us. A little so. more That's expensive right. now, but we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's all good. So, Mark, I want to ask you, if our listeners are listening here and they want to get in touch or they want to check out a website, mm-hmm. where what's the quickest place? What Where do they go? Okay, well, uh, I have I have two websites, but one that is dear and near and dear to my heart mm-hmm. is seedsofhope.org. org. Okay, uh, there's several seeds of hope. You're so you have on the board to be careful. for that school, and I'm on the board for that ministry, and uh, and so yeah, love for you to check out Seeds of Hope because they are right now through this all. Uh, we are doing food drives because people are going hungry. Short, mm. uh, grocery store shelves are empty because there's no food coming in and out of the West Bank because the borders, not the borders, but the checkpoints are closed. Yeah. So so seedsofhope.org would be great to help these people so they can feed uh, the Palestinians that are, are there. Okay. And then, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's the basic one. Seeds and you hope. can always go, our website is israelspiritualtours.com. Okay. And you're welcome to see what my son and I uh, do for our ministry, yeah. and it's a, and it is a ministry, and we do spiritual journeys, not tours. That's mm. good. And we'll have both of those in the show notes, so Great. we'll have both of those websites uh, in the, the links uh, for Fantastic. people to check out. And yeah. I thought it was interesting. You said before we close, most of Israel's is happening like every other day. Yeah, I mean Jerusalem, mm-hmm. they're in school. Yes, I mean everybody's living life. I think that God is important for everybody. The Gaza strips was really. And so many people there are just trying to do exactly what we do, yeah. live their life, love their family, Absolutely. make a living, you know, make an impact in their community, live peaceful lives. Right. And and like I said, I've uh, talked to our, our preschool and our kindergarten teachers and in, in West Jerusalem and the Jewish side. Schools are open yeah. and everything's going. There's a somber. People are somber because right. they have children or they have grandchildren sure. or they have friends and relatives who are in the military and they're certainly con- con- mm-hmm. uh, uh, very concerned about them. But really where the trouble is now, now that the, the rockets have stopped and the Iron Dome has done its job, um, everything is focused in the Gaza Strip. So you're again, you're looking at a 25 mm-hmm. by 7 piece of property to the south. And so everything to the north has kind of gone on by its. That's good. Mm-hmm. I just want to throw that in there. I don't think we Thank get that Thank you very much. Wow. No. Yeah. So, man, Mark, I just want to say love you, brother. Dan and I, I think the too. world of you. And uh, it is good to have you here at some point down the road. I'm sure we'll do a deep dive on stage, and I'll bring Mark in one day for a teaching part on that just to talk a little bit more because yeah. he brings things to life. But, man, we appreciate you. Yeah. Love Thank to serve you. Can't anyway. wait to get back over there with you yes. uh, here in the next 18 months. Yeah, looking yeah. forward to it. It's going to be an awesome time. So I'm looking forward to it as well. And love you all and love the, what, the work that is happening here in Bethlehem. Yeah. I, by the way, I should tell you. So I had a son that lived in Bethlehem. He since moved to Jefferson, but he lived here in Bethlehem. <laughs> my daughter lived in Jericho. And so I always made the joke, my son lives in Bethlehem, my daughter lives in Jericho. <laughs> On different continents. On different continents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. 
Wow. Which is great. And he also, we didn't go to Bethlehem in the Middle East. And yeah. Because he's like, there's nothing there. Huh. It's, you know, like Bethlehem, where you like, everybody, did you go to Bethlehem? Mark's like, I can take y'all, but there's nothing there. It's a waste of four hours. And, of and your so time. I tell people, it makes me even prouder of us because you come to Bethlehem, Georgia, everybody's like, there's nothing there, but God's doing a good that's work. Right. That's right. Great right. work in Bethlehem, that's Georgia. Right. Georgia. So I love Absolutely. it. I love it. Amen. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, thank God you, bless. Mark. Thank you, you bet. so much. Thank you so much. Glad to be here with you all today. And thank you to our listeners. As always, thanks so much for listening and uh, tuning into this conversation. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can always email us at beyondsunday at bethlehemchurch.us. And we love you guys. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>